Hello, everybody. Welcome to Standard Definition here on Boss Christian Network. I'm your host, the Enlightened Insider ADV, for this episode. Joining me, Boss Man himself, Mr. Corey Derrick. Hello, good sir. Hello. It's We seem to be doing a lot of these lately. Um, how are you? I'm doing great. I am actually excited about our topic uh, that we're going to be talking about because we've been talking a lot about Sega. And I think this is kind of one of their leading systems that's the, probably the most memorable uh, outside of the Dreamcast uh, when it comes to games and franchises. Um, and the reason why I say say that kind of say that separately is because there are some games on there that Sega didn't produce or they licensed and programmed themselves to be on it from other third party. But then there's some franchises um, that is still established today. It's true. So, um, yeah, but before we get into that, uh, do you want to shout out our Patreon producers? Oh, yeah. I forgot to open that up. Uh, so, yeah, if you are a patron of the Boss Rush Network, you can head it over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Boss Rush Network. And for just $1, you get After Dark and Standard Definition two weeks early, as well as the Boss Rush podcast one week early. And expansion pass one week early uh but if you are if you want to be a patreon producer everybody you can subscribe to the five dollar tier what does that get you well it gets you all the previous perks plus your name shouted out on this here program so without further ado i would like to shout out our patreon producers for this episode quentin jackson rebecca jewel Adriel Munger and my wife, Sana Dierig. I want to thank all of our Patreon producers. I want to thank all of our patrons. But most of all, I just want to thank everybody who listens to this show. We really appreciate you. It's a it's a good time. Uh, all of our content uh, is free. We just you know give perks to our patrons. Uh, so yeah, thank you for supporting us. However you do. If you do listen to the show on free feeds, like iTunes or Spotify, please leave us a five-star rating and review. Please. Thanks. Yes, it helps us out <laughs> tremendously. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be quiet because my, both my kids are asleep and I just, I'm trying really hard to work on being quiet when I do podcasts. And I know it's not going to happen every time, but I'm going to try to keep my voice low, but my excitement high, Ed. Yes. So, yeah. Anyways. Well, everybody, we're talking about the Sega Genesis. We are. Holy cow. Yes. I am excited to be talking about this system. Um, the Sega Genesis, known as uh, known as the Mega Drive outside of North America, is a 16-bit fourth-generation video game, home video, uh, fourth-generation home video game console developed and sold by Sega. The Genesis was Sega's third console and the successor to the Master System. Sega released it in 1988 in Japan as the Mega Drive and in 1989 in North America as the Genesis. In 1990, it was distributed as the Mega Drive by Virgin Mastronics in Europe, Ozasoft in Australia, uh, uh, Australasia, whatever that is, and (laughs) Tectoy in Brazil. In South Korea, it was distributed by Samsung as the Super Game Boy. And later, the Super Aladdin Boy. 
In Russia, it was distributed by Forrest. Um, designed by RD team, supervised by Hideki Sato and Masuma uh, Ishikawa, the Genesis was adapted from Sega's uh, System 16 arcade board, centered on a Motorola 68000 processor as a CPU, a Z-Log 7, uh, Z80 as a sound controller, and a video system supporting hardware sprites, tiles, and scrolling. It plays a library of more than 900 games on ROM-based cartridges. Several add-ons were released, including a power-based converter to play Master System games. It was released in several different versions, some created by third parties. Sega also created two network services to support the Genesis, the Sega Mega Net and Sega Channel. 30.75 million first-party Genesis units were sold worldwide. In addition, Tech Toys sold an estimated 3 million licensed variants in Brazil, but Jesco projected it would sell 1.5 million licensed variants of the system in the United States, and smaller numbers were sold by Samsung in South Korea. By the mid-2010s, licensed third-party Genesis re-releases were still being sold by at-games in North America and Europe. Many games have been re-released in compilations or on online services such as Nintendo Virtual Console, Xbox Live Arcade, PlayStation Network, and Steam, and just recently, everybody, the Switch Online. The Genesis was succeeded in 1994 by the Sega Saturn. So, August 14, 1989 was the release of the North American uh version of the uh, Sega Genesis. Now, um, so the Sega Genesis was kind of black. You guys who have Nintendo Expansion Pass uh, on your Switch um, kind of see the uh, kind of seen like it from the top um, the top angle from it. Um, it had a volume system for your headphones. It had two ports for your controllers. Um, the controller, if you think of like a cashew turn horizontal, it was kind of designed like there with three buttons, A, B, C, and on top of it was the start button above like the B. Um, later on, they did get a six uh, button controller because later on, Capcom signed on to the Sega Genesis to do Street Fighter 2 Turbo um, Champion Edition, I believe. Um, yeah, so, uh, and they also had the Sega CD, which is quite known for Sonic CD, Night Trap, um, Make My Video, Crisscross, and uh, CSC Music Factory, and other games on there. Uh, but before we get into that, Corey, when did you experience the Sega Genesis? Uh, well, I got, I got my Sega Genesis uh, about... I, I don't know, shortly after my Game Boy. Like, I kind of had, like, an NES and a Game Boy and a Genesis all at one time, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't really remember, like, when or how I got my Genesis. Well, I, I know my cousin uh, sold it to my mom for me for something, right? Because he, he wanted a Super Nintendo, so he sold Genesis. My mom bought the Genesis off of him, and I got it with... Like Ninja Turtles and uh, you know Sonic One and Two and probably some uh, bunch of Disney games and uh, but yeah I mean like Genesis was my, I was the Sega kid growing up you know like I had I had the Genesis I had a bunch of games for it I had a bunch of you know good times with it uh, Street Fighter and and uh, 
Rocket Knight and Ninja Turtles and all these other things, you know? Like, the Genesis was the console that I kind of, you know, just that was the first time I knew, like, oh, well, I should be paying attention to video games, you know? Because there's something... Now, I always point to the Nintendo 64. I was like, this is something I'm going to do forever, right, with Mario 64. But the Genesis was really the console that I was like, I should probably pay attention and think about games and, like you know, kind of pay attention to what I'm playing instead of, you know, just playing whatever somebody handed me, you know? So, yes, uh, the Genesis was that console for me. I know uh, for me, and I, I, t- I told the story before, but my brother was the Sega kid, and he got the Sega Genesis that Christmas, uh, that year that it came out, uh, because when he got it, uh, he had Michael. Ja- he bought Michael Jackson Moonwalker. He asked for that for Christmas, um, but later on, he really wanted the system just for sports games. Mm-hmm. And Joe Montana football was the sports game. He had uh, Bulls versus uh, Blazers also from EA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and don't forget the Genesis cartridges for the EA games were kind of long, and they had that yellow tab on the left. Yeah, oh, I remember. Sha- I have Shaq Fu that has the yellow tab. I have Joe Montana Football, Joe Montana Football 94. Like, I have a lot of yellow tab Genesis games before they, like... Yeah, well... I, well, I, it was before they came in, like, the smaller cartridges, right? Like, I mean... Because mm-hmm. there's a couple different size cartridges for Genesis games, especially the early ones were bigger. So... Yes. But I I never understood what the yellow tap was for, I, for it. I don't I don't know. Yes, <laughs> your guess is as good know. as mine. Probably <laughs> this probably the same thing that like the reason why NES cartridges were gray and the fake ones were black and teal. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, so uh, I I do remember. Um, my brother getting two controllers because uh, I believe he came with two controllers when the system was released. Um, I don't know. I somehow I ended up with like ten Genesis controllers because I had like the two regular kind of three button longer controllers, and then I had two of the six button pads, and then I had a weird one that had shoulder buttons on it. I have a Genesis controller with two shoulder buttons on it. Hmm. And I don't know what game that was for. I don't even know if it was real, but I just remember having a Genesis controller with two shoulder buttons on it. Oh, wow. I mean, maybe it was a a Saturn controller that plugged into my Genesis. I'm not sure. I have no idea where or how I got this controller. But it it looks, I mean, it looks like the six-button pad, right? But it's like a little bit fatter on top, and it has two shoulder buttons. Yeah, I I know that it with with the controllers because they even I think when they, when like Street Fighter came on because I think Street Fighter was like the only six button game because Mortal Kombat was weird to play on the Genesis. Um, Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Well, a lot of the fighting games were because I mean the that's why everybody played Street Fighter on the Super Nintendo. It's because they had six buttons, even though I mean they weren't laid out correctly, but they had at least had six buttons, right? And the Genesis mm-hmm. had three, to the point where like you had to hold 
like the C button, I think, and hit A and B to get the other buttons. So, uh, yeah. But I do think that the six button controller made a huge difference in swaying people over to the Genesis because I remember playing a lot of Street Fighter 2 on the Genesis for some reason. I played a lot of Street Fighter 2 and I played a lot of uh, Tournament Fighter, uh, which we were talking about on Nintendo Power Lock recently. Uh, yes. Because uh, by the time this comes out, I mean, uh, Shredder's Revenge will be out, but we were talking a lot of Ninja Turtles on a recent episode of Power Block. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, Tournament Fighter and Street Fighter 2, I didn't play a lot of Mortal Kombat, but probably because, I don't know, it was on the news and my parents were afraid of it. I don't know. Well, I played Mortal Kombat. Uh, I've read some Mortal Kombat, mostly on Super Nintendo. And I, my mom bought it for me because I asked her. Uh, she knew that it was M-rated, but I was just like, that's only just for the end part of the game. Like, I, I can handle it and stuff. And, you know, I was, I was, I'm like, I'm mostly learning this game so I could play it at the arcade, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, yeah, but at that point, like, I mean, Street Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat on consoles, like, I, I would argue kind of started killing the arcade, right? I mean, like, that was mm-hmm. like the beginning of the end. You, I mean, you yeah. would know more than I would because I didn't really spend a lot of time in arcades because we didn't really have any around here. Like, the closest arcade, like, the a closest real arcade was, like, 20 or 30 minutes away, and, like, we just didn't go because it cost money. <laughs> well, I know, for, yeah, I know for me, I, uh, from where I was at, it was, like, a 10-minute drive to, uh, to the arcade because it was a mall that was close to us. Yeah. So... Um, and, and really, if I did any arcades, it was the mall or Six Flags. Uh, I may do if there was like I'm out of town and I do see an uh, arcade. Uh, I'll ask. I used to ask my mom if I could go in, just take a look at it to see. Um, and there was a mall in Kentucky that we stopped by to go check out, and that's where they had Street Fighter One for yeah. it. Um, but I remember seeing Arthur Beast in an arcade, and then when I seen it. And found out that Austin Beast was the pack-in for the Sega Genesis because, um, yes, everybody at that time, the 16-bit uh, era, uh, Super Nintendo had Super Mario World, and the Sega Genesis had uh, Austin Beast for its first well, edition. I mean, Sonic. well, so- so Sonic 1 came out. That was, like, the famous relaunch. But I had Sonic, like, I had the Sonic box and the Sonic... Uh, like the plastic case that it came in that said not for resale. So, like, did they re? Because there was three versions of the Genesis. But I remember like Sonic, one being packaged with Gen two. Did they release mm-hmm. a version of Gen one with Sonic? They must have because I had it. I have it. When when Sonic one came out and it got popular, that's when they switched it. Right. But I have the box that says not for resale, which is the the one that came in with <laughs> with the console. That was the pack-in. Right. But when the, in 1989, when the system first came out, also Beast right. was the one. Right. On no, I, I'm not saying that. I'm just asking if they released a bundle with Sonic. They must have. Um, I mean, they like must have, the, unless my box is wrong, but... The, the, system, so. with the, the system with uh, Sonic...
I, I believe so. Yeah, that's okay. what they said. Like they they because at that time, Austin Beast was just oh, so they took it out and then that's when they replaced it with Sonic the Hedgehog. Right. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know if the Genesis was redesigned at that point, but like most of the Genesis that came out, they mostly had that headphone jack and the uh, gray slider for the volume. I think when they got to like the 32X era, uh, that's when they started redesigning the Sega Genesis. Uh, right, because the, the two was small, and then the third generation Genesis was like ex- tiny. It was so small. And I remember they plastered that big, like, big three on the front of the console, like <laughs> Genesis 3. It was like, hmm, maybe, probably could have done without that, but. Whatever, it's fine. Um, yeah, I. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely had the big beefy boy with the headphone jack in the front and the vol the volume slider on top of it for some reason. Yeah, and I, I yeah, sixteen bit across the top, right? And it looked like a little black and red spaceship. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh I so like I appreciate the design of the Gen One more now because it kind of like. You know how, I mean, the Master System had that kind of red, nasty sticker on the front of it, but, like, basically yeah. kind of was the design of the console, right? It was, like, the black and red console. And the Gen 1 Genesis just had a little teeny strip of red to give it a little bit of accent. And, like, now, like, as I got older, I realized, oh, well, that's kind of probably, like, a homage back to the the Master System, even though Sega's mm. logo is blue, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it was it was something. Uh, I think with Sega, uh, definitely with the Master System, you know, it was that when you seen it come out like that, Sega Sega symbol would slide, and they'd be like, ooh, and then they play their theme song. When you started seeing different Sega games on the Genesis, uh, sometimes you may have like character animations doing something with it, or it would just like pop up with Sega and then the game music would, would come in. Like, they mixed it up. They mixed up the Sega logo mm-hmm. uh, introduction to the system. Yeah. I uh, So, I also, like, I really like the design of the box. I Like, Sega was really good at having an aesthetic, right? Like, mm-hmm. the Master System had, like, the white and blue grid, right? That was that was the aesthetic. And all the boxes had the white and blue grid, and it had some kind of weird children's design on the cover of each <laughs> one. Uh, but I really liked that. And then you get to the Genesis, and it had, like, the black and gray checkerboard style. with And later on, they had, like, the red strip down the, the side, right? Once, like, Sonic yeah. 2 was coming out, and uh, the Disney games and whatever, and... and <clears throat> I just I remember the red strip and I remember the black and gray checkerboard and it was just like they were really good at having a look and I think that's what really helped define the Genesis in a weird way. You know, mm-hmm. it when you see the checkerboard, right? You think of Genesis. When you see the Sega font, right? Like when you see the font, you think of, you know, you think of the Genesis and Sonic running by and then Sega, right? Like Yeah. It they just had a really good branding. They had really good branding and really good aesthetic that made them stand out, right? And Nintendo, like, 
Nintendo didn't really have that to be fair, right? Like they had like when the Super Nintendo came out, they just had the black boxes with Super Nintendo written in red, right? That was it. Like you people remember like, "Oh, well, the console had purple on it." Well, yeah, but it wasn't cohesive with the with the boxing with the boxes or like the box the console box or you know what I mean? Like yeah. I just really felt like Sega nailed it. And when they redesigned, like, with the Genesis 2 and 3, like, they had the black and gray that was that matched the checkerboarding of the boxes. And it just it just was great. It was great. Yeah, because it's, it's like you look at gangs like Golden Axe and... Uh, Who's looking at Golden Sonic. Axe? I mean, but, you know, you you kind of... <laughs> But you, I know, even, I'm just uh, I'm just kidding. I just, I wanted, know that. I just wanted to be a jerk. <laughs> uh, but even like the Mickey Mouse game, just like they it just had a, a cohesive look yeah. because of the of the console. And I I think the thing with Super Nintendo was just like you were so into the game you really didn't think about the box art. Yeah. You know? Uh, unless that box art was looking wacky, like Phalanx, uh, where there's a spaceship and there's an old dude with a banjo that has nothing to do with what the game is, mm. you know. I mean, that uh, was that was a lot of box art in the '80s and '90s, though. Yeah, but I I mentioned earlier uh, when Sega was programming some other people like this game, they were. For people who don't know, there was a game called Forgottenlands that Capcom uh, did as an arcade. And Sega reprogrammed it to have it on the Genesis. They also reprogrammed uh, Ghouls and Ghosts or Ghosts and Goblins for the Sega Genesis. So it was, it was, I was kind of amazed by that because I was just, I always wonder, I'm like, how is, this game on the Sega Genesis and Capcom is not signed to them. But then it was just like, like they even did Strider on the Sega Genesis. Mm. Now there's another company who did, called US Go who did the sequel. I don't know how that happened. But yeah, like Capcom and Konami were like literally late to the party. They was the, I think they were the last ones before the Sega Genesis. Well, uh, Konami had a lot. They did... Konami did a lot of stuff for for Genesis. I had a lot of Konami games, I feel like. I had Rocket Knight. I had Turtles. I mm-hmm. had... Oh, maybe that was it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but I just... I remember the Konami logo, like, a lot for some reason. Maybe it's just well, yeah. because I played a lot of Hyperstone Heist. <laughs> they they had their version of Zombie Ate My Neighbors on Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Like right. you mentioned, Hyperstone Heist, Tournament Fighters. They had Snatcher... Which is the complete edition on on the Sega CD? Um, they had Castlevania Bloodlines, uh, Contra Hardcourts uh, on it. So Konami did put some games out on their platform. Uh, Rock and Night Adventures. But oh man, it, Rock and Night Adventures was very good. Like it was yeah. just this weird kind of character platformer with a little bit of action, and it was just fun. Yes. Uh, which is weird because at the time I think people at Treasure left Konami, and you started seeing like some of uh, Treasure's games on the, like the McDonald's game, like Ronald McDonald's, the Mc, oh. the McDonald kids. Mm-hmm. 
that was done by Treasure, but that was on Sega Genesis. Uh, and, you know, it was it was just entertaining to see some of their games uh, on it. And the reason why I say they were kind of late, like even with Capcom, because they had been making games for Super Nintendo uh, when the system first came out. And everything, and they just hopped on the Genesis train, uh, just a little bit late, and everything. So that's why we have. <coughs> oh, sorry about that. Ed that's why we have different. Ed sneezing. Uh, that's why we have different versions of Aladdin, uh, between Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis. Yeah. You know, Capcom did the Super Nintendo version, but Virgin did that one for the Sega Genesis. Yeah. Well, we all know which one was better. The Super Nintendo one, of no. course. No. The Genesis Disney games were better. Uh, the Way better. were. No. Hmm. Have we come to an actual disagreement? Like, oh, like we've <laughs> never come to a disagreement on all the uh, thousand shows we've done. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but this one is just like, there's no contest, like, disagreement. It's just like... I, I think it's because I played the Super Nintendo Capcom the Capcom games, uh, Disney licensed games, and the only one I really played on the Sega Genesis is the Mickey Mouse game. Oh, Ca- Castle of Illusion, yeah, which is the one game on on Super Nintendo that's better. <laughs> the uh, Mickey's Magical Quest is way better than Castle of Illusion. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and see, Sega programmed that one. Well, Sega created that one. Uh, It wasn't a Capcom game. I know that, but I'm saying uh, Mickey's Magical Quest was way better than Castle of Illusion. Castle of Illusion was hard. And I don't know if this, if you recognize this, Corey, but there were like level difficulties. Like, the last time I seen it was Double Dragon 2 on NES, where if you picked a certain uh, difficulty, you only went up a certain number of levels. So you had to play it like on this hardest difficulty to be able to experience the whole game. Because that happened with Castle Illusion. And uh, I was watching a game called Philios, uh, which is a, a Greek game, Greek shoot 'em up game by Nepco. And I remember that game because I, I, and I did beat it. Uh, me and my brother, we were getting our, putting our money together. And we were able to buy a video game. And around that time, the Genesis, they had kind of budget titles. So you could get a Genesis game for $20. And we got Also Filios. another reason why I realized I probably had a Genesis instead of a Super Nintendo. Because <laughs> the games were cheap. Uh, I We got Filios, and my brother didn't like it. And so I continued to play it. I continued to learn it, and I ended up being it. But if you play it, like, on normal mode, you only get the first four chapters. You have to play it on expert mode to experience the whole game. But we also did that with Aeroflash. You know, he was, like I said, my brother literally was the sports game guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he he had Pat Roddy's basketball. Oh, my gosh, which... that game was... It, you know what? It wasn't bad. I think it was the first basketball game I was able to beat. It wasn't. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it, like it wasn't real basketball. Yeah, it was arcadey in a sense. No, it was. Uh, it was just no real players, no real 
anything, which I realize now, like back then, like you had to get like the NBA PA, like the players union in there and mm-hmm. uh, to sign off on stuff, which now they make a ton of money just off the video games alone. But, uh, you know, I, I just, they didn't have real teams in there, right? Like, when you play you played NBA Live and it was like the Bulls and the and the Cavs and the you know the Lakers and stuff. But when you go to Pirate yeah. Valley's basketball, it's like the red team, the yellow the team, the Blue Sharks. Yeah, I was like, hmm. <laughs> you know, like the Thor the Thor meme. This is real basketball, is it? No. And I think it was at that time because Pat Riley's name was. No. Well, yeah, Pat I, Riley. Pat Riley in the eighties and nineties was like the biggest thing in basketball until Phil Jackson came around, right? Like he was just yeah, he, he was everywhere. Yes. So, uh, yeah, like my brother, he had like Bulls versus Blazers, and uh, he would always pick the Bulls because Jordan was like the best player in the game. Yeah, but it case. wasn't. It wasn't Jordan though. It was. It was shooting guard number ninety nine. But you knew everybody knew that was Michael Jordan, right? Like everybody knew that was Jordan. Because <laughs> Jordan didn't want his likeness in video games, which was uh, which was weird. Like that rarely happens now. But you see it in Madden with specific coaches and players and stuff. Like they don't. Like you know what I mean. Like they just don't want to be in it. But did you got his video game that EA did? What Jordan versus Bird or whatever. No, Jordan and the Windy and the Windy City. Oh. It was like a platforming game where he hit enemies by throwing a basketball at them. Mm, that sounds fake. <laughs> you can look it up. No, I know it was real. I just it just sounds like one of those fake games that you see on TV. It's <laughs> like, oh my gosh, who did who who authorized this? You know? Yeah. Who thought that was a good idea? Man, who else had a Let's see, Jordan and the Wendy Cindy, Shaq Fu. Yeah, dude, Shaq Fu. Shaq Fu at the time. By the way, two different games on Super Nintendo and Genesis, by the way. Yeah. Because oh. I think I think the Super Nintendo was actually the beat 'em up, right? No, it was a fighter. It was a it was a fighting game. Wait, then the then the Gen- Genesis one of, was a fighting game too. One of them was a beat 'em up. No, they both were fighting games. Maybe I'm just thinking of the terrible Shaq Fu game that came out like two Ooh, or three yeah. years ago. Yeah, that's maybe that's what I'm thinking. Of. I don't know. Yeah. I I remember like the boss. I thought the boss only the boss battles in those games were the were the fighting parts. I swear fighting? one of them was a beat 'em up. Mm-hmm. I swear. I think you're making stuff up now, Ed. Nope, that. You can go and check. I'm gonna I'm gonna call uh, up Shaquille O'Neal and see if he. <laughs> well, and and of course uh, the Genesis also uh, got Neo Geo games on their uh, on their platform uh, too. Um, so they, I mean, yeah, the second Genesis had a lot of great games, and you know, yeah. Can we talk about some of the games on there? Because like, yeah, I I, you know, I mean, obviously like. You had Sonic, which I still, <laughs> I still think Sonic One is the best Sonic game. I know I'm very in the minority of that, but mm-hmm. I mean Sonic One is just so. It was before like all the crazy, 
like obstacle courses and stuff of Sonic 2 and 3, which I know people like more, right? Like, I think I think a lot of people think Sonic 3 is the best, and I just, I don't care for Sonic 3 at all. Uh, but Sonic 2, Sonic 1 and 2 are, like, just gems, right? I, I really like those games. Uh, and then, obviously, like, the underrated Turtles game of the generation, right, in Hyperstone Heist, right? Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely love that game. Like, that game was so cool, and, like, each each level is split up into three sections, right? And then uh, in the middle of the game, there's just this random boss rush mode in the middle, right, of the first yeah. four or five bosses, and it's just at... It's like, man, what are you doing? Why do I need to fight all these bosses again? Uh, but they incorporated some of the movie villains into that one, which was cool. Uh, like, Tatsu was in it, and Toka and Rezar were in it. Right, which they weren't in uh, Turtles in Time. So that was like a really cool Turner thing. Race was in it in the in Turtles in Time. Yeah. Where? They're the fourth. They were the fourth. Uh, so when you got to the Technodrome, uh, they were the buses that you fight before you got on the elevator. Oh, that's you, right. Uh, that's right. You're right. Uh, you're right. Man, my brain is all over the place today. Dude, we're going to remember everything when we play the Cowabunga Collection. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude, that Cowabunga Collection, you're going to lose me for about a week and a half, I got to tell you. Um, especially because, like, there's games on that collection that I never played. Like, there's, I didn't know there were three Game Boy games. Right. We talked about that. Yeah. I know I played two, but the third one I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember the third Game Boy game at all. And Yeah, Manhattan Project I didn't play. I did beat Tournament Fighters for the Super Nintendo. I did have Tournament Fighters for the Sega Genesis, but I never beat it. And I think it was because of the controller. Mm-hmm. You know, I was having a hard time with the controls on that game. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, man, I just, I really think the Genesis has a lot of pretty great games. I, I mean, nothing that's, I I mean, for me, they're they're fun games, right? But, like, Mm-hmm. Nothing is a, as iconic as like the the Super Nintendo games became, right? Like Super Mario World, obviously, and uh, Metro Super Metroid and Link to the Past, right? I mean, what what are you gonna t- tell all your friends? Ever Oasis is one of the greatest games ever made. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, you gotta see like Streets of Rage two. As much as I bring it up and talk about it, everybody knows about the music and stuff. That's a game that is just playable in one sitting all the way. Um, and it there's just something about it that it's one of the games that I feel like something in no one at Nintendo would have been able to capture or do. Um, and I'm not saying that they don't have good Nintendo didn't have like iconic games or anything but it really like Streets of Rage 2 felt like a game on its own that got people into wanting to hear house music and kind of see how house and video games mix together or dance music for some of y'all some of you young folks mixed together you know and then to to realize that this sounds better on the Sega Genesis sound chip and when someone remixed it or they programmed it to sound like it was running through the Super Nintendo, it sounded terrible on the Super Nintendo. 
And I was just like, yeah, this is definitely what's created for the Sega Genesis. Same with Sonic, and uh, same with Sonic Two for me. That that game soundtrack was programmed for, uh, for it. I mean, you can't not think of the opening, right? Where like dun 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 dun, right? And then it goes, yeah, goes right into the Green Hill Zone theme song, right? Of Sonic Two. It's just I can't. Yes. Every time I think of Sega, that, those are the first sound. Like it's the Sega, and then the the. Uh, menu music and then the Green Hill Zone music. That's that's the order. That's every time somebody brings up Sega Genesis, that's what I think of. It's just that, you know. Yeah, I remember reading an EGM uh, or a Game Pro on how to do the stage selection, mm-hmm. and you had it was do the background music like you had to put in certain uh, go to certain tracks, put them in, play them for a bit, and then. Uh, it will unlock on how you get to the stages. But I I played Sonic 2 and Sonic 1 all the way and got all the gems. I love Sonic 2 bonus stage better. Uh man, that Sonic that Sonic 1 with just just the way that it was kind of like a pinball game and it moved around to get to that gym and you kinda had to bounce on the little peppermint balls and stuff to get through it. It was just like, uh, I can't win. Oh my this. gosh, dude. Bouncing on those balls and like they reintroduced that mechanic in uh Sonic Mania and I just I I was like, why would you do this to me, guys? Come on. Right. Why? Why like why? Why was this your choice? You picked violence and today. Like <laughs> I, I didn't like Sonic Pinball. I just Sonic Spinball? Oh my gosh, Sonic Spinball, spinball. is awesome. It Hmm. It did nothing for it. How do you like? How do you like Yoku's Island Express and not like Sonic Spinball? Because it's I the feel same like, game. But Yoku's Island, there's something about it. Like I have more control over it, and I feel like I didn't have that control. I mean, that's, for Sonic Spinball, that's fair. But Sonic Spinball, man, I played a lot of Sonic Spinball. Like I. I remember the first time I actually beat the first level because that game was so hard. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> There's another level. <laughs> right. Uh, but, like, like just it just it was cool. Like, the I thought the box art was super cool. and Yeah, the box art was cool. <clears throat> I, I really liked Sonic's design in that game. Like, it, it, was, mm-hmm. it was kind of like a precursor almost to Sonic 3D Blast, the way he looked in Sonic 3D Blast. But, uh, you know, it, it, it just had this kind of... I don't. I don't know. I really liked it. I really like Sonic Spinball for some reason, and I wasn't any good at it. So maybe that says something about the game. Maybe it wasn't really that good, and I just wasn't. <laughs> um, I did enjoy ba- the Adventures of Batman and Robin on Sega Genesis. See, I didn't. I did play enjoy Batman and Robin on Sega Genesis, uh, because I wasn't a, a big Batman person. But the game I did play a lot and was Jurassic Park. Uh, the Genesis for so like my friend had my friend uh, ended up one day rented the Super Nintendo version. I was like, I was like, oh yeah, I I've played Jurassic Park. I have it for Genesis, and like this was before like I realized that there were d- two different versions of the same game, right? And so yeah, we get him like he's like, all right, where do I go? And it's this weird like top down thing, and you're Grant, and you're just kind of walking through the park. I'm like, this is this is not the game that i play i don't know what you're doing here uh dr grant you know 
uh, because the Genesis one was like this 2D platformer. Yeah. Uh, and you could play as Grant or the Raptor, which was hilarious. Like you could play as a Raptor in that game. It was cool, and it did the it did the whole Donkey Kong Country thing before Donkey Kong did. Right? They actually used kind of not real models, but you know what I mean. Like they digitized these models and made animations out of these models from the movies and it was cool like that movie looked or that game looked really good uh, yes also grant was also the way to go the raptor was just was so floaty and so just big and dumb and couldn't get past the t-rex because he would always eat you it was just it was just a bad time yeah i, I remember trying to play tasmania oh on yeah the tasmania Genesis. that was a game too oof yeah, the, yeah, the third-party platforms weren't all that well. Um, but, like, to me, it was the system to play shoot-em-ups, like, yeah. or shmups. So whether it's the space ones or kind of like the, like, Vector Man. Vector Man was a good one, was a cool one. Um, but it, but then you also had games uh, like Comet Zone. And uh, Eternal Champions that Sega did the X Men game. Yeah, that, the X Men uh, game I played, and I remember having such a hard time with it because you had to, like, you had to reset the console to keep going, which was like some Kojima <laughs> craziness. Oh right. Uh, you know, and that was that was like a crazy thing at the time because a lot of people were complaining that they couldn't beat the game and you know because people were renting it but the instructions were in the instruction manual in the box that nobody had because all they did was rent it because they wanted to play x-men because the x-men were the biggest thing in the 90s right so yeah uh, yeah man that was that game was game was crazy that game was cool i really enjoyed that game a lot uh, Gambit was like the leading character that everybody wants to play. I mean, I know people wanted to play Wolverine, but something about Gambit, I was just like, yeah, yeah. he's the character to play. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people fell in love with Gambit in the 90s, uh, which was about the time I was kind of over it. But um, I don't know. I did, I don't really care for Gambit, but it was, it was a fun game. And uh, yeah, yeah, that X-Men game, crazy. Yes. Uh I do remember uh Sunset Riders also being on the Sega Genesis. Uh I remember playing that. I owned it for Super Nintendo, played it there also. Um But yeah, like a lot of Konami games were like twenty dollars, I remember. Games from like Rele- uh, Revelations was also like twenty dollars because like uh Arrow Flash which is a great soundtrack, uh one of the best soundtracks for a shoot 'em up. Uh, when it comes to the planes, had vertical and horizontal levels, uh, and I, I like I, I like I say, it was my Sunday comfort game. Like at the church, I will put hours into that game. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and like because I I even got uh, just the the way that the game scroll, like you would see in the back of ship floating down into the sea or into the sky. Uh, well, into the sea, and then like the bottom of the sea part just to uh, you know separates, and it was just a sight to behold. 
you know, you're doing all of the shooting, but there's something in the background going on. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I didn't play a lot of shoot 'em ups back then. Uh, I was more of a brawler and more. I mean, I was still at that age where, like, I wanted to play the stuff that I was into. So I had to play all, like, the Power Rangers stuff and the Ninja Turtles stuff. And, yeah. Uh, X-Men and, you know, I mean, I was into Sonic and, and stuff too, obviously, right? Like, you, it's not, it wasn't all licensed games, but I, like, I was still at that point where I was looking forward to playing Castle of Illusion or Aladdin or Lion King and that stupid, uh, uh, <laughs> can't wait to be king level. Oh my gosh, I hate that. Where you're, like, jumping through, like, the giraffes and they're, they're, like, throwing you and you have to, like, mm-hmm go through the monkey throwing maze and if you hit the wrong monkey he'll throw you down into the pit and you die like it was just it was oh that game was brutal um and the jungle book and you know all the disney afternoon games that ended up coming out like i was i was still playing all those games and those games were fun to me those are my genesis memories you know and and Mm -hmm. uh you know we were talking on the super nintendo episode uh couple weeks ago at this point i think and uh i'm not sure when they come out maybe uh whenever but like i just i miss so much and i feel like on genesis i miss so much because i didn't know any better you know and and Mm -hmm. uh obviously i played a lot on the genesis i think i had like 20 or 30 games for genesis i had i had a lot of genesis games and uh but like i never played ever oasis i never played fantasy star which is supposedly incredible. You know, I never played Alter Beast. I never played, uh, you know, uh, uh, Golden Axe or Alex Kidd. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I never played any of, like, the Sega games, you know? And so, like, I, I buy the Genesis collection, and then I go through, and I'm like, I should probably play some of these games someday, you know? And I know that Block did that huge, like, Fantasy Star review. I think he did the first two games, at least, so far. Uh, and they were like, they look fun. They look great. Uh, Blocks Games reviews. I you should check them out. Uh, on mm-hmm. um, his reviews are great. And uh, yeah, I still want to play those games. And I still, you know, there's so many games that I want to play. It's just like I never have time. You know, like just don't have time. Yeah, Echo the Dolphin was one. Oh gosh, I... Echo the Dolphin. I never understood that game. I never understood that game. Like. I would like swim under rocks and I would jump over these rocks and I'm like, where do I go? Is this like a, now thinking back to it, I think that was probably their attempt at a Metroid, <laughs> Metroid game, right? Yes. Like it's just this giant maze that you're swimming through, but yeah. I think Shinobi 3 or Shinobi 2 had Spider-Man in it. Oh yeah. Wasn't that the game where you like fought Spider-Man and Batman or something? Yeah. Uh, Toe Jammer Earl was another one. I remember they marketed that game hard because of the hip hop, uh, um, you know, kind of feel to it. Um, the Shining Force series, Fantasy Star 2 was big on the Sega Genesis because, um, it's the way that the game ends and the, the people who die in it, like Fantasy Star 2. Uh, I never played Fancy Star on the Master System, uh, which I heard that people had to literally call the helpline to figure out how to play that game and get through it. 
and they just ended up ended up sending them maps and stuff. But like Fantasy Star Two, I think they ended up fixing all of that. And I want to see, I need to sit down and play it. That Fantasy Star Three and Fantasy Star Four. Uh, I really need to go through the Fantasy Star series. I know of them, but I've just never played them or anything. Um, and I, I kind of just realized that man, out of all, so Nintendo, Sega, Microsoft, and uh, Sony, kind of got their own fighting game in a sense. You know, Nintendo got Smash. Uh, Sega had Eternal Dark, uh, Eternal Champions for the Sega Genesis and Sega CD. They also um, had Sonic the Fighters. Oh, Sonic Fighters, that is right. Ugh. Oh, and Retro Fighter, they have. Uh, Microsoft had uh, a game that they, man, it was some game that they had to recall because. It had Muslim chanting in it. And it, it was some religious chanting that they had to take out and fix. Uh, and then PlayStation had uh, PlayStation All-Stars. You know, but Sega is pretty much the leading when it comes to fighting games. Sega's probably the leading one because of Virtual Fighter. Uh, even though Smash is well known and everything. It, it's really... it's I, I'm... I'm surprised that each of those consoles got their own fighting game. Yeah. Well, it could have instinct, but yeah. now could instinct belongs to Microsoft. Yeah. Sorry, my son is crying in the background. Yeah. Uh Gunstar Heroes is the other the other game. Um So Corey, I wanna ask you, were there any games that uh, you know or played that kind of didn't get the recognition or maybe it's, it's maybe games that I even missed I mean honestly I doubt it you know like I I, I I played games that people knew about right like it was always the Disney games it was always Sonic it was always you know I mean like I think Rocket Knight Adventure was probably the weirdest game I played or Arrow the Acrobat mm-hmm. but those aren't like I mean they're not I I bet if you went up to random people today, they wouldn't know what they were, but they weren't like unknowns back then. Right. You know, it was just, yeah. Uh, I mean, those are kind of the only two. It was a lot of sports. It was a lot of Disney. It was a lot of Sonic. And, you know, I mean, it, that's, that's what it was. I think the weird stuff started coming when, when we got to the 32 X and the, and the uh, Sega CD, right? You know, I mean, every, right. everybody knows what Earthworm Jim is. Everybody knows, you know, Booger Man and all, the raisin, like the, the California raisins, and the everybody Play had Fighter. a game. Yeah, everybody had a game, right? Everybody, every company had a game. And so I'm gonna try to look some up real quick, but I don't think I there's anything weird, you know. Well, I remember Splatterhouse too being on the Sega Genesis. Like, and that was a game that, because Splatterhouse came out on Temple Graphics, and it was an arcade game. I didn't know it was an arcade game, but I remember the first one coming out on Temple Graphics, because they like, literally showed it on TV. Um, and then Splatterhouse 2 showed up. I'm like, oh, this game got a sequel? Wait, what? Mm-hmm. Like, 
I, and I played a little bit of it, but I was like confused for it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, plus like, you know, you had like Maximum Carnage, which was the weird Spider-Man game, right? Yeah. And, which was not very good. Uh, I'm just trying to think of all like the weird things, you know. I and and you know, as we t- as we talk about this, like the Genesis was fun and everything, but like it it just none of the games had the lasting impression that the, that Nintendo has had, you know, and and I love Sega. I will always support Sega, and I always think like the Saturn and the Dreamcast, especially the Dreamcast, are where a lot of people's like lasting legacy comes from, right? I mean, yeah, okay, yes. Fantasy Star and and Sonic are still going, right? But you know, I mean, when people think of of Sega now, they think of Shenmue, they think of Crazy Taxi and Jet Set Radio and Sega GT and uh, Virtual Virtual Fighter, Virtual Cop and Daytona USA, you know, like and those all sp- and Panzer Dragoon to an extent, right? Like those all spawned off the Saturn and the Dreamcast. You know, nobody nobody cares about Gunstar Heroes. You know, nobody cares about Strider. You know, I care about Gunstar Heroes. No, you don't. Don't lie. Yes, I do. She, <laughs> as do I brought it on my Wii because I never got to play it. <laughs> when the retro console came out, uh, the uh, Wii Shop. And so I was just like, yeah, let me get this game. And down is on Switch. I'm just like, oh, so it's pure goodness. Uh, it's hard as ever, uh, but it's pure goodness. Um, I, for me, there was a, vir- I think Virtual Racing was on Genesis. Uh, there was some kind of like, uh, not. It it literally ran at like about fifteen frames per second. <laughs> like it was a mess. But it was the first game that you could drive a car upside down if you had enough speed. But it it was like in it was trying to be in three D and it was just so slow. And I'm just like, wow, uh, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, but that's that's pretty much. Uh, I think Arch Rivals was on Sega Genesis. Uh, for a time being, like there were some arcade ports that was on it. Um, you know, Columns was a new kind of game to me because Columns okay. Columns was like, hey, Nintendo was successful with Tetris. We need a cool puzzle game that will, you know, get the kids to play Genesis. And guess what? But, sorry, Columns, not, not it, not it. Although Sega does have a hit with Puyo Puyo, right? I mean, like. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine was like pretty. Mm-hmm. A lot of people really love that game, and I still have no idea how to play it. Like I look at Puyo Puyo, like we talk, we joke about Puyo Puyo Tetris all the time, and I'm I'm like looking out there, I'm like, what is Puyo Puyo? What is what is this garbage game that they package with my Tetris? What is it? Get it out of here! I don't want it. I don't want these little like gooey blobs that like send bricks over to people. I don't need it. <laughs> it's like uh, it, it, it's like it's like Doctor Mario. No, you tried. You, oh, I you tried. I could not get into Doctor Mario. Could not understand a, a, that gameplay. I'm like, you tried, and you know, you get a, a it's a valiant effort, but nobody likes you. Please go away. Yes. So uh, man, gosh, dude, Doctor Mario, and all this stuff is just so. It's just weird, man. Like I, I, 
I I have to say though, like looking looking back on the Genesis and like building the Voltron machine of like the Sega CD with the 32X or like Sonic and Knuckles, <laughs> right? We didn't even talk about yeah. Sonic and Knuckles yet. How like crazy revolutionary that was, or like begging my parents to get Sega Channel, right? Which was the Game Pass before Game Pass, right? Like yes, and they wouldn't get it because. I mean, it's a subscription, whatever. And like, they, I mean, it was just, there was no way I was getting Sega channel, but it was like a, it was, it was literally game pass before game pass, you know, it was a really cool concept. And the game they like tried to sell it with was earthworm Jim. And I'm like, mm, I don't, I don't know about that, but I, I remember Mega Man, the really wars because they, I think they remade Mega Man one. And like that new kind of graphic style. Is that what that was? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. No, I just I knew I knew they made in Mega Man, and then they like they try to do Castlevania on Genesis. At t- also, right? Like, what was the what was the Castlevania Genesis game? Bloodlines. Castlevania Bloodlines. Bloodlines. Which was yeah. which falls in what timeline? <laughs> um. Ooh. Well, because they had two different protagonists, because one uh, one of them had a whip, and the other one had like uh, a harp, uh, like kind of harp thing. Yeah. Uh, for it, and I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play Castlevania at some point. I think I, I need mean, to. That's yeah. like one of the big. That and Mega Man are like the biggest holes in my gaming. Whatever. I mean, I'm I'm down for it. I didn't I... ask you to play it for me, Ed. I said I'm gonna play it. No, I'm talking about why you playing it. I'm talking to you. I know. I'm just kidding. I just messing with you. It's so fun to mess with you. It's so <sighs> easy. Because I don't think Did it you? has a joke. I know. You should though. Well, I can't. I know, but you should. Um. <sighs> So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of weird stuff on Genesis. Genesis was just a weird console in general, but, I mean, I think I think for the most part, Genesis was this kind of... And Nintendo was scared of them. And, and you know, I mean, they didn't have the best games, but they had a lot of games that Nintendo didn't, right? They had the, mm-hmm. uh, they had the sports games. They had Mortal Kombat with Blood. They... Had the six button pad. They, you know, they did all these weird things with, you know, the Sega CD, which I'm sure wasn't cheap. Uh, sewer, gosh, sewer Shark, dude. Oh, good, 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 good. I, only had, I only had like two or three Sega CD games. One was Hook, one was uh, Sewer Shark, and one was. I, there was a Mickey game that was on there as well. Hmm. And, man, it was just. Uh, man what a what an interesting console you know and i i think it's probably one of the maybe the biggest i mean we all know about the console war so that's nothing new but i think it was the first time where government and politics got involved because of night trap and you know how uh Uh, yes night trap I think Ron Howard or Howard something from Nintendo was just like Ron Howard is uh, a director of movies, Ed. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, um, 
the guy <laughs> from Nintendo, Howard. Ron Howard. I don't know why they can't do my mind. Uh, he said that Night Trap wouldn't be on the game, and you know, uh, it, it it was such a big issue that it helped create the ESRB, even though Sega did have their own rating systems. And if you look at uh, some of the old box stuff that had, like, if you look at Mortal Kombat, they had like MA 17 or MA 13, mm-hmm. which was like Teen and Gene, uh, G for uh, for general and stuff. But then when they redid everything, you know, that's when Nintendo started allowing blood, right? And and, and all of that going Gosh, on. I totally forgot that Sega had their own rating system before anybody, like, they they. God, dude, Sega was so ahead of their time in so many different things, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, even even past the Genesis, right? But like with Genesis, they had Sega TV, right? With which was the subscription service, they had, you know, uh, the rating system. You move on to like the Saturn, and they had uh, full motion video and 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 yeah. audio, and then you move on to the the Dreamcast with online and usernames and subscriptions and like, you know, they, they were so ahead of their time and it, I just, if they would have just like waited and were smarter financially, right? Like if they wouldn't have done the whole Saturn surprise debacle, which today would have been like an amazing thing. But back in the nineties was like a terrible idea because E3 was literally the trade show where you went to toys like Toys R Us and Walmart would show up and you would have to like convince them to sell your box in their store, right? Like that was right. that was the thing. And like that totally messed them up and then obviously the Dreamcast was uh you know, they were trying to recover financially and everybody was waiting for the behemoth that was PlayStation 2 like if they would have just waited and they didn't mess up financially. Like, I wonder if Sega would still be around, and in terms of like a, a console, like you know, I, maybe maybe it wouldn't be a like a juggernaut like Xbox and PlayStation and Nintendo are still. But like, I wonder, I wonder if there's room for that a fourth box, you know? I, I, because I, especially now, because they have enough to to warrant a first party box, right? Like Sonic, yeah, they have. Atlas, they have all those great RPGs, Yakuza, Judgment, uh, you know, the reboots of Crazy Taxi and, and Jet Set Radio are coming. Uh, they just had that weird remake of Panzer Dragoon. Fantasy Star mm. Online is huge. Right? Huge. Oh, definitely uh, Xbox is big. Yeah. Uh, what was the other one I was going to say? Oh, they have their own. They could have had their own Forza or Gran Turismo with Sega GT, right? They could have totally yeah. done something like that. They like you. You look at all the things I just listed, and that's not even close to what Sega has in their in their arsenal to pull out, right? Like they have right. so much. Like Team Sonic Racing, they have their Mario Kart competitor. Uh, they could bring back Ever Oasis in a big way in terms of like a Zelda style game. Mm-hmm shinobi could be like their dark souls at this point right like oh yeah i man i mean this sega, this sega published sega this, published games from platinum oh, what, go ahead. this should be a, the discussion for expansion pass what if what if sega had made a console today what would their first party lineup look like thursday thursday that's, that's a yeah that's the type of thursday okay okay 
Because uh, I, I literally would need time to think because we haven't even talked about the games that's only in Japan for Sega that could, that could literally come out. You just mentioned Shinobi. And I'm like, okay, Sega, you, you publish Platinum games. You know what they're good at. That's, that's another a, that's, thing. Bayonetta. Bayonetta right. would be theirs, right? Technically. Right. You know, Vanquish. Uh, Vanquish, Vanquish alone, Vanquish 2 alone could be a leading game for the next Sega console. Saving it for Thursday. Gunstar yeah. Heroes could be like a crazy... Yeah, we'll, we'll save it, but that's... Yeah. Oh. Man, great topic. Great topic. Now I'm excited. <laughs> which that uh, which that episode of Expansion Pass will come out before this episode <laughs> of Standard Duff, but I don't care. I'm really excited for it now. Yes. Yes. Um, because that like you mentioned, Corey, that's a that's a lot of IPs that Sega holds and strong titles. We have strong developers who could take who could like literally bring out games. Dot emu, like alone, could almost do half of their old eight, like half of their old eight bit and sixteen bit stuff. But like during the Dreamcast era and everything, oh heck, dude, to see a new Jet Set Radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. Like they had, they have so much that they could do to just even now, like to bring back, like not even talking about like a bringing back a console or whatever, but they can mm-hmm. totally do so many things today. And, and I know Yakuza is huge for them. Like Yakuza is huge for them. Yakuza huge. 7 yeah. is humongous for them. Uh, I'm looking up Sega IP right now. Um, Cause everybody wants fantasy star five. They love the online, but a fantasy star five, I mean, you could think, think of like golden X is almost like a monster hunter style game at this point. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, Altered Beast could be something weird. Uh, Alex Kidd could just be another, like, clap, like, out there, Mario. Like, I mean, I know Sonic is technically their Mario, but, like, if you want a proper Mario game, you could totally turn Alex Kidd into a Mario game. Wonder Boy is kind of like their Metroid game, in a sense. Uh, Crazy Taxi, I mean, that just sells itself, I think. I don't know. I think. Space Harrier, Space Harrier alone is their Star Star Fox. Just make yeah. the game shorter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just kind of going through here at this point. But yeah, man, I mean, they own, they have a lot that they could totally just do something with a togi, right? Like they own a togi technically. Ooh, yes. Uh, I mean, obviously Persona and Shin Megami Tensei they own, which is would be, I mean, they would almost own the jrpg space at that point them and square would be battling it out at this point pretty much as sammy i believe they also have games uh yeah uh, semi court yeah uh i mean shenmue they own right that would be weird to bring back i guess but space channel 5 i know people like that super monkey yes. ball is theirs i always forget that exists but that's super popular I think I, I'm about to share oh, thing. I, Valkyria Chronicles is theirs. Did, oh yes, oh, man! What that game is? Those games are great. I played one and four on the Switch, and those games are fun. Virtual Valkyria? Fighter could totally be there. Tekken oh, yeah. or Street Fighter or whatever. 
which I mean, we kind of touched on that earlier, but man. But but as a but for on a new console as like next gen, like mm-hmm. I I think I think yeah, expansion pass yeah because that we got we got to stop because no we got to stop <laughs> because we're gonna <laughs> keep going and we're gonna turn this into that conversation we got to stop yeah this is that Metro Hell Divers yeah. <laughs> situation uh well we're gonna get to the final piece then of the Sega Genesis um. I will say that it did bring a lot of memories to me. It did help my gaming skill. Um, I enjoyed the games that they that they did offer. Uh, I, I guess because I have the best of both worlds. I've never was a console, uh, a part of the console wars. You know, whatever I got for Super Nintendo, I enjoyed. Whatever I got to play on. Sega Genesis, or even written by, I I enjoy. Now there are some games that were questionable content, but I I I gotta give it up to Sega for, for the Sega Genesis. It really did play a big part in the 16-bit era. Yeah, yeah. I mean they they were the ones that challenged Nintendo, and and you know for real they challenged Nintendo. Obviously, like Nintendo Super Nintendo outsold them, but they. They took a chunk out of Super Nintendo that maybe wouldn't have been there if they didn't have a challenger, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, I mean, the Genesis was a, a great machine. I still have mine. It's downstairs. Uh, you know, I have the mini console. I have the dumb Sonic Mania statue where he's standing on the Genesis, <laughs> which I want to display at some point. Uh, whenever we move and get a house and I can have a real studio where we can do this for real. Uh yeah, I don't know. I li- I like the Genesis. Uh, I know we didn't really deep dive into a lot, but we kind of brushed over a ton of stuff that, you know, I I still every time I, I think of Sonic and I think of Sonic Two and I think of Ninja Turtles and the weird Power Rangers, not like the weird Power Rangers game for Genesis, which wasn't very good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Rocket Knight Adventures, I think, is still like one of my favorite games that nobody ever talks about. Like there's just a lot to love about the Genesis. Uh, it was a it was a cool console. It kind of it kind of reminds me of the original Xbox in a way, like how people remember the original Xbox, where like it had yeah. that one game that everybody remembers, right? Sonic, you know, the way that everybody remembers Halo. But then they had like a bunch of little games that like nobody really really talks about. It had like one or two gems, right? That you know still live on, but like. Yeah, Genesis was cool. Yeah. Sega. That, that, man. That, just that little part. It's, I think it's literally up there, kind of like with the GameCube logo intro. In a Uh, sense. I I mean, the Genesis one is better. I don't know how you could not think it's better. But also it was per game, so I mean... I mean, you had this, you had the, the sports games, right? They were like, Sega. Yes. And then you had the fighting games, which were like a variant of the sports ones. They were like, like they were very like a Japanese person or like probably a white person doing a really racist impression of a Japanese person. (laughs) Like Sega, you know, like it was, it was, yeah. I mean, I I don't know the Sonic, the Sonic Sega. Thing was just that's that's what 
Sega will always be to me, I think. Yes. Well, with that, everybody, we're going to wrap this standard definition episode. Uh, we want to know what you guys think about the Sega Genesis. Uh, I would love to hear you guys could join us on our Discord where we talk all things games, food, movies, entertainment, and more. Uh, I would love to hear your thoughts about the Sega Genesis. If you got a chance to play it, uh, did you experience it during the Wii era because you never got one as a kid? Or did you buy one of the mini systems that came out? Um, are you playing any of the games on Switch or, or anything? And maybe are you playing it in other forms? Are you playing the uh, Sonic Origins collection comes out? It'll be out by the time this episode goes up, I think. Ah, yes. Um, so that's something too. Uh, we never talked about Sonic CD either, which is widely regarded as the best Sonic game that nobody talks about because nobody has uh, Sega CD. Oh, uh, that's Sega. <laughs> to be fair, uh, that's to be fair. I didn't really care for Sonic uh, CD. I I liked it because it felt more like Sonic One, but the level design was not great. Like the music was cool, but not iconic enough for me, at least. I can understand. I can understand the mechanics because I'm just like, huh? What what am I supposed to do to get to this? Is a time space game? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it <laughs> just... was it was weird. I didn't play very much of it. I mean, I I played it because I had it right, but I just mm. it's it's a forgettable Sonic game to me personally, and I just uh, yeah yeah. Well, Corey, where can we find you? Um, hopefully in bed soon. Uh, I'm. <laughs> I'm just tired. That was not meant to be a sexual joke. That was meant to be a I'm tired, don't bother me joke. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can find me at I am Corey HD on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me on Nintendo Power Block, Expansion Pass, uh, Standard Definition, Boss Rush Podcast. Wow, almost forgot that show. Or Flagship Show, almost forgot that I host it. Uh, you know, I'm around. Just check out all the boss rush stuff uh hope everybody uh by the time you see this check out the youtube channel because all of our shows are getting overhauls within the next few weeks so you'll probably Yay. start seeing them trickle out this is probably the last time you're going to see standard def like this uh in a way so yeah yes. i'm glad we did a sega episode and i know we've been talking about genesis and dreamcast for a while and uh you know i'm not as versed in a lot of Sega, but I am really into Genesis and Dreamcast, so I'm glad well, we like decided I, to do this. Like, I, yeah, like I said, Sega has a big history that just doesn't get mentioned. Like they play a part in this gaming industry, like everybody else. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but you guys can find me on Twitter at that Retro and on Instagram at that Retro. I know I need to post more pictures up there. Um, you can find me hosting Nintendo Power Block and Expansion Pass and other podcasts uh, that I am able to join and be on and co-host and anything like that. Um, but everybody, that's going to be it for Standard Definition about the Sega Genesis. Um, go out there, experience it for yourself. Get get some time with some of their games and hopefully you enjoy what they have to offer. But then everybody, we will see you next time on Standard Definition. Bye everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>